before we start here, before I do any of the live reads or anything like that, I just want to jump on and say that this podcast is pretty impassioned. Yesterday's game was not fun. I do not currently like the product that the Tigers are putting on a ball field. And yesterday I had some stuff going on, and then I'm like, all right, let's watch the Tigers. Let's see what's happening. Hopefully they can pull this out. And they that was about as lame duck a performance as you could have asked for. So you're going to see me on this episode be a little bit more frustrated than I've been in a long time. But I'm just so tired of the product that we see at Comerica, night in and night out, especially offensively. I compliment the pitching, but just forewarning you, if you're somebody who's not big on listening to me get really mad and angry, this probably isn't the show for you. I'll be back to regularly scheduled programming on Monday, but sometimes you just need a good rant. All right, enjoy. I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. I'm actually recording this on Locker Room right now, so go to the Locker Room app, download it from the iOS store, and you will get the opportunity to talk to me on this podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, April 23rd, 2021. By the time you're listening to this, Tigers stink. There's there's my summation. And and I know this is part this is predictable. I understand that it is part of the Chris Castellani arc. I know I pick these random games to talk about that get me angry. It's part of my shtick. It has been for a while, but yesterday's game really bothered me. Yesterday's game really annoyed me. This team, a 4-2 loss, by the way, at the hands of the Pittsburgh Pirates. This team is absolutely abysmal offensively. You know you know what's really too bad? You know what's really too bad is the fact that I think they've pitched pretty darn well over the last uh, you know several days. I, I really do. I, I think they've, they've pitched solid baseball. But uh, really doesn't mean a whole lot, does it? They have zero offense, this team. This team does not know how to hit the baseball. And this is going to be a running theme all year. Yesterday was me, Chris Castellani, realizing that we're going to be putting up with this all year, aren't we? This is not an issue that's going to go away. This team is going to be putrid offensively basically all year. You know, I I wish I could find uh, some positives here. I, I really do. Uh, And you know what? Jose Urania pitched very well. And if you're live on Locker Room right now, request to speak. Let's talk. This is just an airing of grievances. Yesterday's game really did bother me because Urania was good. And it speaks to what's what's Hinch talked about. What have I said a million times on this podcast? Dude wants the identity of this team to be starting pitching. That is wonderful. I I like that. I really do. I I think that is a prime example of A.J. Hinch spotting talent and seeing it. He knows that the ceiling for this rotation is potentially pretty high. You have some guys who are trying to rebound from a rough couple seasons like Tehran, who's obviously uh, injured now or, or uh, Jose Urania who pitched yesterday and pitched pretty darn well. So what bothers me is when the identity of your team 
shines through. They got a good outing by Urania yesterday. They've gotten good outings out of Boyd. They've gotten good outing. They got a good outing out of Mize. They got one pretty good outing out of Scooball, and they just waste them. This might end up being, and this is really saying something because 2019 was an absolute dumpster fire. This could end up being the worst offense in the history of this franchise. Because it, they might end up trading somebody. And what, what frustrates me the most is not the fact that they're bad. We knew they'd be bad. I knew they'd be bad. I predict, predicted them, I think, to lose 92 games. What is remarkably frustrating to me is the lack of improvement. Like yesterday, I was just watching the game. I had to go to the gym and I just sprinted because I was just seething about this. You, in five years, people, five seasons, so four full years almost removed from the J.D. Martinez deal, there is not currently on the Major League roster in 2021... There is not one guy that you can undoubtedly pencil in as a piece of the future of this organization. There's two maybes. I'd even say two and a half maybes. Uh, there's Willie Castro, who's who can't hit the ball w- worth a damn right now. He looks awful. There's Akil Badu, who's a wonderful story, and, and I thought he had a good series. I, I like the way the guy plays. Uh, it's a good story, and I hope he develops. But that's a Rule 5 pick that you drafted like a few months ago. The only other maybe is Jamer, but... Here's the truth, guys. Jamer's been here for a minute. Jamer's been here for four years almost. He's going to be a free agent by this time. By the time this team is playing in the postseason, and I like Jamer a lot. He didn't have a great series, but he, I think he's a professional hitter. So that's it. That's all the guys you have. Drives me nuts. In order for that to happen, five years into a rebuild, essentially, in order for that to happen, where you don't have a single guy, <laughs> I'm just laughing hysterically about this, where you don't have a single guy five years into a rebuild that you can look at and say, that guy's a part of the future, it takes one of two things. One, extremely unluckiness. I don't even know if that's a thing, but you know what I mean. Being remarkably unlucky, essentially meaning that an anvil would have to drop on the knees of every one of your top five prospects. Okay, so so either that happens, and you know what, they have had some bad luck, okay, and everyone gets on Avila for the uh, Verlander deal, as they should, it's one of the worst trades in the history of baseball, but at the same time, we didn't know Franklin Perez was going to be made of glass, we didn't know Daz Cameron wasn't going to know how to hit, we didn't know Jake Rogers wasn't going to know how to hit or field, which apparently he's not particularly good at either right now, so there is some bad luck, but not a whole, not, not enough. And there's option number two, which is that you essentially have to be a single-digit IQ dummy who does nothing but hoard terrible prospects for four years. Now, if you want to believe, and if you want to jump on and speak with me, let's do it. Go ahead. You're welcome to air some grievances. But if you want to believe that Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson are generational bats, cool. You know what? I'm on board there. For the sake of my sanity, I'm going to jump on and say that I think Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green are going to be wonderful major league ball players, perennial all-stars, maybe even MVPs. I think Riley Green has MVP type potential, okay? So that's two. But let's look at what the White Sox did, okay? Let's 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 look on the South Side of Chicago. The White Sox pressed the official reset button after 2016, and that's when they traded Sale. They, they ended up trading Quintana at the deadline that year, but they traded Eaton, traded away some key pieces of that baseball team, and pre- pressed reset. They were terrible in 17. They were really bad in 18. They were a little bit better in 19, but they still weren't good last year. They were in the postseason. And by this point in the White Sox rebuild, they had Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, 
Abreu was always there. Andrew Vaughn, who they drafted. Luis Robert, uh, uh, the, the Mendic kid, the magical kid from Oregon State. They went out, they signed Grandal. They they had McCann, who gave them two very good seasons. They had Lucas Giolito as a part of their core. They had Ronaldo Lopez, who's still trying to come along. They had Michael Kopech. They had Dylan Cease. They had a whole farm system worth of guys. And the best person right now that the Tigers are throwing out is Willie Castro. Like, I understand people, some people hate my old shtick. They hate, oh my god, well, he's always yelling, he's always so angry. Why is he so angry about the team? You can't tell me that five years into a rebuild, I, I'm not a little bit justified in my frustration here. It's year five, you're losing two out of three to the Pirates. And I know, and look, Ethan Smith of Locked on Pirates does a great job. He's, I, I officially call him a friend of the program. But I'm sorry, if that Pirates team wins more than 90 games, I'll eat a hat. Because there is no way, no way, that a team that three years ago traded Glass now, Baz, and Meadows for Chris Archer, who threw up on himself every fifth day for two years, that that organization should be ahead of you. If this was the White Sox they were losing to, I'd say nothing. Hey, say, you know what? They got more talented players. Happens. If it was the Twins, you move on, you tip your cap. The Twins are a better team. But the Pirates? The bleeping Pirates? Really? The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL draft coverage. Had to get that off my chest. Look, I, I do think that the team in general, it's not its not like they're playing an ugly brand of baseball, which is what they played under Garden Hire, and it's definitely what they played under Osmus. I don't think there's a whole lot of mental errors necessarily being made. Like, remember under Osmus, and this is going to bring back more painful memories, you remember under Osmus how they would just like, you know, just forget how many outs there were in an inning, and the bullpen management was terrible, and the lineups were questionable, and then every night Rieger would have to ask Osmus, why you make, why do you make this decision? And Osmus would give him some smug answer, and they really, the, it's the biggest detriment to me that any team could have. They always came across like teams that didn't play particularly hard. Guardy's teams played hard, they just weren't talented at all, and that's the biggest issue with this team. It's not, it's not like there's guys in that clubhouse who don't want to be there. It's not like guys aren't giving their full effort, but that makes this thing like startlingly simple. They're so untalented. They're a very untalented baseball team offensively. I think there's some key pieces with the pitching. And before anybody jumps on me and gives me a one-star review for being constantly negative about a team that's lost 98-plus games each of the last four years, there's some good pitching here. Urania was good yesterday. Matt Boyd has been excellent. This is the best I've ever seen Matt Boyd. There's, there's small steps here. If this was 2018 and they were this bad, I'd say, you know what? It's year two of the rebuild. We got some guys in the pitching staff that I think are going to be pretty good. 
some of the free agent signings so far, you know, small budget, right? But Ramos has been okay, right? He's, he's solid. He, he won't be here long term, but he's solid. Urania's been better his last two starts. It's a darn shame about Tehran. He, he seemed like he was going to pitch some good baseball and got injured. Uh, bullpen has a few arms. Soto was bad today, but I think he's good. But it's year five, people. It's not, you're not unreasonable to ask for more. I don't know. It yesterday just struck a nerve with me. And I don't know how many, we're almost 10 minutes into this now. So this is going to be a first segment rant, essentially. But you're, you're not out of your mind to ask for better. And, and, and what's, what's made this whole thing so frustrating is that it's all been so preventable. They've never had to be this bad. The truth is, here's the God's honest truth. And, and it's, it's the harsh truth, but it's truth nonetheless. The Tigers never had to do a full reset. You do a full reset when two things happen. One, your major league product is no longer remotely competitive. And two, you have no depth in your farm system. The Tigers major league product post-2016, that was a team that won 86 games. Ian Kinsler had a borderline MVP caliber season. J.D. Martinez, Martinez, Martinez was one of the best young power hitters in all of baseball. Miguel Cabrera was still in his prime. Justin Verlander had just finished a second for the Cy Young. They should have cl- clicked the reset button there. They didn't. And then they waited, and you get Mar- you trade Martinez for nothing, Verlander for nothing, Upton for a person who I don't know if is even on this earth anymore. They retired from the game of baseball. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Justin Upton put up a six-something war with the Tigers in 2017. They traded him for a guy who doesn't play baseball anymore. If, if there's anyone who wants to speak, jump on. Maybe I'm being a little bit intimidating right now. I'm not going to yell at you the way that I'm yelling at this non-existent person across the aisle from me that I'm speaking to, but this is ridiculous. I mean, th- this is the point in the rebuild where it's not wrong to have expectations. And, and whoever you want to pin it on, pin it on, if you want to pin it on Avila, go ahead. If you want to pin it on Chris Illich, go ahead. It's To me, it's both. I don't understand why there's people on Tigers Twitter who have to pick sides. They're both incompetent. Avila's traded Hall of Famers for a, a box of macaroni and cheese like four different times, and Chris Illich is is a cheapskate. I mean, I okay, that maybe that's harsh. Okay, maybe I won't go that far, but he has thus far in his tenure shown us absolutely nothing to make us believe that he cares about the product. Because the question that should be asked, and again, for people who listening right who are listening right now, Tigers lost four to two yesterday against the Pirates. They lost to a team that to me should absolutely not be better than the Tigers at this point in their rebuild. They went out and flat out outplayed them two out, two out of three games. One of them was seven innings, but who cares? I mean, you, you should be beating the Pittsburgh Pirates. I know they're, what, nine and ten. I don't care about that. That team is a dumpster fire, and you lost to them two out of three. So if you're listening and you're wondering why I'm frustrated, that's why. We're, we're at a point in the rebuild where this is not me after some meaningless game in August three years ago getting angry and like spitting in my car. This is year five of the rebuild. Do you understand this whole thing started when I was still in college? Pirates are what? In year three of their rebuild, they're ahead of us. And they've had, they've went, they had some of the worst trades ever. And they're still ahead of the Tigers right now. They just popped them two out of three in Comerica. I don't know, guys. I'm just, I'm just remarkably frustrated with the product because I think the personnel is there. I think the pitching has been good. But it, there's no way that any offense should be this bad, let alone an offense with the payroll that Detroit has, the money that they, or maybe not the payroll, but the money they have. The payroll is low. They don't spend any of that money. And, and what's what's really sad about this whole thing offensively, and maybe this is why I'm blowing up because I know that this is going to be a thing all year. So maybe I'm just nipping it in the bud right now. You know what's sad to me, and frankly, I find a little bit insulting and disgusting, 
is they are trying, and I, I heard 97-1 was talking about this the other day, they are trying to pin this team's lack of spending on Miguel Cabrera's contract. Oh, that Cabrera contract, it's just, it's an arbitrage. There's nothing we can do. It's a huge deal. You understand the Dodgers paid a majority of Carl Crawford's contract in like 2011 through 2013. They ended up cutting him. That was a huge deal. Red Sox gave that dude bank. And they just paid it off. Don't let them try to cry poverty here. Rich teams can absorb bad contracts. Zimmerman was not the reason the Tigers did not spend over the last several years. Miguel Cabrera was not the reason the Tigers did not spend over the last several years. Because when they were good, they spent on Miggy. And they spent on Verlander and Prince and Torrey Hunter and Victor Martinez. Those were all big deals. It's time these guys be held accountable for, for some of this nonsense. Because I... Like I got, I have a, I have two friends like who work for and, and follow them on on social media. Jenna, Jenna Rose and Jason Ross Jr. who are going to these games, working their butts off, sitting outside in in thirty degree weather, for a team that can't hit the baseball. They should be getting paid to watch those games. I, I'm frustrated by the fact that you have good personnel here, you have good pitching here, and there's absolutely nothing that they can do about it right now. I mean, you're, you're playing teams that you should be better than and losing. That That's where I get frustrated because, if, like I said, if we're playing Cleveland even, and I don't think Cleveland's a world beater this year, but I know they have some great pitching. If you lose to Shane Bieber, so be it. Before this week, had you heard of any of the pitchers that the Pirates threw out there? I'd heard of one. I'd heard of Tyler Anderson. I remember him. So one of the three guys they threw out there, we'd heard of. And he pitched well. Tyler Anderson's solid. You know, good command, doesn't have overwhelming stuff. But all these guys who are coming in, a lot of them are rookies. That uh, Richard Rodriguez, who's closing games for, for the Pirates right now, that dude deals. He's got 19 consecutive scoreless innings. It's not that hard to acquire somebody like that in a rebuild when you suck on purpose. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcast music and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Yeah, look, I don't know if I'm going to keep all this for lockdown tomorrow, because um, it's ma- it's mainly just me <laughs> venting frustration for an hour. But it this is this is just getting sad at this point, guys. I it is frustrating to me that this early in the season I can already see where this thing is going. Because I did hear some people be like, "Man, I, I kind of feel like they might play 500 ball uh, up until uh, you know game 60 or something, and then fall apart." I would kill for that. I would kill for last season, where they were competitive until 20 games left, and they bottomed out to get a better draft pick, which is what they've been trying to do for the last several years. I'd have been fine with that, but this, I'm not getting any younger. And uh, yeah, it's 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 an embarrassing product that's being put in the field right now. I don't I don't know if you can find a worse lineup in baseball. Now I know I just ripped the Pirates, but the Pirates the Pirates won this series without their best player. 
The guy was injured. Hayes was injured. Now, Frazier's is still, you know, still hitting. I mean, they got some guys there that are at least serviceable. Look, let's look at this. Okay, through through uh, how many games have they played? 19 games the Pittsburgh Pirates have played. Keep in mind, an under 500 team that I believe will probably finish a lot worse. Adam Frazier, 886 OPS. Evans, 857 OPS. Reynolds, 880 OPS. Moran, 912 OPS. That is four guys in your lineup who have gotten substantial playing time with OPSs above 800. To me, if you got an OPS above 800, you're a pretty darn good ball player. You're a really good ball player. That's four guys, 19 games into the season, that have been really good ball players. Tigers have two. Wilson Ramos, who has an 882 OPS that's uh, sinking like a stone. He, he's been slumping a little bit. And of course, you have Akil Badu, your, your leadoff hitter in Robbie Grossman, who, you know, the batted ball data and the amount of pitches he takes suggests that he'll he'll turn a corner at some point. 648 OPS. Willie Castro, who everyone was raving about. Oh my God, Willie Castro, he's going to be better than Derek Jeter. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's the future of this organization. 525 OPS. 0 for 4 yesterday. Candelario, 254 average, which is okay. 681 OPS. I think he'll probably turn it around at some point. I believe in Jamer. Ramos I talked about. Jonathan Scope. Jonathan Scope just had his best series of the year, and his OPS is under 500. (laughs) This is so bad. Years from now, people are going to ask how we got through this era of Tigers baseball, and I'm not going to have an answer for him. I really won't, because these teams are abhorrent. The the saddest part, the, the most sad thing about this entire process is this team is still leaps and bounds ahead of two years ago. They're still better probably than they were last year, but that's small steps. And I knew that they would do that. I knew that they would look at 2019 and say, hey, we've gotten better because you can't get worse. You would have to field a team of chimpanzees. And even then that team might not lose more than 110 games. So the idea of they're taking small steps forward in year five of a rebuild is nonsense. This should be the year, in all honesty, where they're good. This should be the year where they were competitive and fighting for a playoff spot. It took Houston three bad years, then they were in the playoffs. It took the Cubs three bad years, then they were in the playoffs. It took the White Sox three bad years, then they were in the playoffs. It should be this year. The problem is they have fumbled this whole thing from the beginning. Whether you think Avila is being unfairly treated regarding the the trades, either he made awful trades or he mistimed those trades. The market has clearly shown over the last several seasons that if you trade a player, especially a slugger like J.D. Martinez, away for half a year, it does not return a solid product. So they should have known that and traded JD after 2016 when they said they would, and then I don't know what happened. Somebody changed their mind, Chris Illich changed his mind, or Mike Illich changed his mind before he passed away, and it's led to uh, it's led to disaster. With that said, the Tigers play a ball game. It, by the time you're listening to this live, they play tonight. That's what's great about baseball, and, and this team is angering the hell out of me right now because they can't hit the baseball. It is a putrid offensive lineup, and yet they got a ball game tonight. Tigers play tomorrow. Series starting out against the Kansas City Royals. On the mound for the Royals, you have Mike Miner. He comes in with a 1-1 one one record and a 5.17 ERA. Miner allowed four runs in five and two-thirds innings for his first loss of the season in game one of the doubleheader against the Blue Jays on Saturday. This, of course, if you listen to the podcast, you know this is coming from MLB.com. He didn't allow any walks and struck out three, but he was tagged with two home runs. I, I like that signing for the Royals. Mike Miner had a stunningly like six something war I believe season in 2019 was not nearly as good a season ago the, the Rangers completely mismanaged him and they mismanaged the dealing Lynn 
as well, and it's really put them behind the eight ball. That's a very bad team there in Texas. Probably a better offense than Detroit still, but still a very bad team. Low risk, high reward type of guy, Mike, Mike Miner. Uh, always had fairly good stuff. Has had injury problems throughout his career, but over the last several seasons has been relatively durable. He seems to have turned things around. But I do want to talk about uh, Casey Mize here real quick because he comes in with a 1-1 one and one, uh, record and a 3-3-8 ERA. Mize faces his first meeting with the Royals coming off a three-homer loss Saturday in Oakland when all three long balls came after he retired the first two batters in the inning. He continued to attack the strike zone but left too many pitches in the middle. That's true, and that will, uh, that'll be a running theme for Casey Mize probably throughout this season. He had command issues at points last year. He had command issues in the spring. Look, the thing is, and I said this when I was on Spiro Avenue last week, all it takes is one good start, and that does not mean that one good start is going to propel Casey Mize to dominance, but there's there's a blueprint there. Casey Mize now knows how to retire guys consistently at the major league level. That's the blueprint. That's his game, and he's going to try to build off that success going forward. I know there was a lot of people who were ripping him and disappointed with how he looked in the game that they played last Saturday. It, it was a poor performance, but he gave him some innings. And ultimately, I don't think the defense did any favors. He should have had at least one fewer run than he allowed. The Tigers' defense uh, doesn't know how to turn a double play, or else it would have been four earned runs. So, I mean, it was it was a frustrating uh, outing, but uh, not not a dumpster fire by any means. I still believe in Mize. Graham Couch, I've been doing a lot of name dropping today, but Graham Couch, a friend of mine, said that in the 90s, and he's right about this, people stopped caring about the Tigers because they were so bad, and they went to focus on a team in Detroit that had three, three or what was it, five Russians on it? The Red Wing, Russian five, I should know that. It's part of Detroit lore. But the fact is, people chose to watch hockey instead because it was a better product. It was like that in the early 2000s as well. The Tigers were terrible. The Pistons came around. And I'll say this, look, I'm not a huge Pistons guy. I'm not a huge NBA guy. But Troy Weaver's done more in six months than Alavila's done in six years. That product is probably more likely to be up and running before the Tigers is. I mean, we're in year five. You lose the Pirates two out of three. And look, I'm not saying the Pirates are going to be awful forever. They had a bad team last year. They're going to get Jack Leiter probably this season. But year five, year five, you're getting popped two out of three against Pittsburgh at home. It's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. Uh, that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be back here on Monday. Hopefully the Tigers can find something, maybe win a series uh, against the Royals. I know the Royals have been relatively hot, but this is a good measuring stick because they're close to around the same point in their rebuild as the Tigers are. Maybe they're a a year uh, earlier than the Tigers, but these are the teams you should be competing with and beating. And if they come out and they win two out of three against the Royals, then I'll come on here on Monday and I'll eat my words and say, hey, they bounced back, they played some good baseball, but they got to start showing something. And for the love of God, score some runs. All right, so I appreciate all of you listening to my ranting. It's been a while since I've had one like that, a little old Castellani coming out there. I appreciate all of you listening. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend and go Tigers.